0: We've got some exciting radio industry news, Abe. The commercial radio industry's new audience measurement system, Radio 360, goes live with the release of GFK's third Metropolitan Radio Survey.
1: Sounds exciting, Tim. Radio 360 will unlock deeper and more valuable insights to few digital opportunities, giving advertisers a first look at radio's rapidly growing streaming audiences across all platforms and devices. Radio 360 will also provide
0: accurate and granular information on radio audience listening and behaviours, anywhere, anytime. To hear more about the benefits, visit Commercial Radio and Audio's website. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media
1: and marketing. Today, Melbourne Cup up for grabs. Koshy's last day. And business ads rail against labour.
0: Unmade.
1: It's Monday the 5th of June. I'm Abe Beauty, and good morning Tim Burrows. Good morning Abe. Like I say at the start of every month, is it June already? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) How was your weekend? Good weekend on my side. Uh, Got the mountain bike out and Went for a bit of a ride with, uh, with my two boys, so that was a bit of fun. Although I did realise as I was going up the hill that I'm much more of a downhill specialist, Reed, <laughs> I was actually very unfit, so it was a bit of a, bit of a sad realisation. How was your weekend, Tim?
0: Well, much more, much more sedentary, actually. I, I think my highlight was uh, hanging out in, my lo- in a very Tasmanian scene, I guess, hanging out in my, my local general store in the, uh, in the warmth, uh, playing chess with one of the locals. So uh, that was a pleasant way of spending a Saturday afternoon. Anyway, let's get into it. Where should
1: we start this week? Well, let's start this week, start with the AFR, Tim. A betting group, Tabcorp, is about to auction the TV rights to the Melbourne Cup. Yeah,
0: and this one, uh, there's there's an article in the AFR, Tabcorp asks free-to-air broadcasters for Melbourne Cup bids, and there's similar coverage in The Australian today as well. So... um so yeah this is this this is interesting, not least because of course it's relatively unusual for the betting organization to being the one that's running the bidding, but um it uh, and this is slightly fudged in both articles, but it it looks as if. Tabcorp appears to have picked up the rights from the Victoria Racing Club for the Melbourne Cup and some of the other big races as well um and certainly seems to have then then got the rights to on sell them so uh, the 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 key piece of rights up for grabs certainly as 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 this reporting goes is the free to air rights so it's that thing and you know everyone kind of uh circles around the office telly or goes down the pub on the um tuesday lunchtime and um and watches the uh well, you know what, what what watches the race so it's a sort of you know it's a guaranteed um it's a guaranteed attraction for viewers of course it's it's not always such a ratings blockbuster because um the way the the austan rating system works where it measures in home viewing of course an awful lot of it as i say is happening in offices and pubs so you you don't always get the 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 big numbers that it's actually probably attracting
1: tim when you say the free-to-air rights is that also the digital rights as in streaming the bvod rights look that's a very good question yeah i, I
0: most likely it would be I, I haven't actually seen it answered in those things um but i i think what would be accepted would be the rights to put it behind a streamed paywall so i think that would probably be the difference but yeah you're right these days there are you know. There there are wrinkles so, for instance, um, you know, we saw some massive numbers the week just gone for um, uh, the first um, state of origin where nine actually put on another half a million free to air viewers over its streaming. So, so you know, it, 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 it is relevant. My guess is it, it it's both, but
1: um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So, which networks are looking like they're interested in, in snapping up the rights at the moment? Well, 10 hold the rights
0: at the moment. So obviously they'll have some sort of uh, incumbency conversation, I'm sure. Um, but hey, you know, seven's always been quite big on, 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 on horse racing as well. So you could see them being interested. Um, and, you know, 9, if it's sport, nine's interested. Um, I think one of the wrinkles, though, is... if If I remember the reporting last time for the five or six-year period... Um, 10 paid something like, uh, I think it was $100 million. Now, one of the crunch questions is, we're about to see a changing landscape for sports betting ads. And of course, they're massive during things like horse rate, racing. So although most, much of the conversation has been around um, during um, uh, AFL games, NRL games, etc., if those changes to the rules actually ripple through for horse racing as well, then that makes the rights to the TV networks a lot less valuable because of course, they're not going to be able to bring in so much advertising revenue. So that's going to be a really interesting wrinkle, um, particularly if it all, if, if, if this bidding comes to a fore before the new rights have actually been resolved. So, so that's going to add to the
1: complexities, I think. Up next, A big week in media. Tim, let's take a look at what's coming up this week. It's a big one. We'll start with the Market Herald. What's their latest update with the TakeOvers panel?
0: Yeah, so the Market Herald, they're the owners of Hot Copper, the investment forum. They relatively recently bought Gumtree Cars Guide and Auto Trader. But there's an absolute sort of bloody boardroom battle has been going on for some time. Um, As we reported on, I made a couple of weeks, well, nearly a couple of weeks back now, the takeovers panel had made a finding of, if I remember rightly, the term was unacceptable circumstances or a declaration of unacceptable circumstances. In other words, one of the major shareholders, the Argyle family, um, had not necessarily followed the rules On um, how one increases one's ownership, um, potentially disadvantaging other potential shareholders. Now, uh, they've made the finding, but they haven't yet said what they're going to do to resolve that. And we're expecting that to happen anytime soon, could be as early as today. I if I understand rightly the they 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 met late last week to decide what their uh you know what their ruling to rectify this would be and it's one of those things um it will, it will literally decide the future of the company because if it goes one way, then the Argyle family will will, will end up as you know most likely in contr- full control and able to do what they will, very possibly taking it off the ASX. If it goes the other, then um, it may go back to being a more sort of conventional media company again. So um, absolutely pivotal, as I say, it could be
1: as early as today. And the new Radio 360 measurement system is set to go live tomorrow. This is big and exciting news for the radio industry. But, Tim, what what exactly is Radio 360? Yeah,
0: Radio 360 is, um, I suppose, it's, it's an, it's an acknowledgement by the radio industry that, you know, more and more people are listening to the radio in other ways apart from over the airwaves. So through... Um, you know, live streamed audio, for instance. And traditionally, the system has been diary based. So it's uh, whether it's electronic or whether it's written diary, it's a it's firstly reliant on people recalling what they were listening to. And secondly, um, it it is it, an estimate of what an audience overall listens to, which is the same as a a, a, a lot of the audience metrics in the uh, in the industry um so th- what radio 360 is trying to do is 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 break things down a little bit by um uh, w- w- the ways people are listening in now i, I must admit i what I'm not fully familiar with, and I won't be until the the, the the numbers drop tomorrow, is when it comes to actually writing about and reporting those numbers, um, I'm I'm very familiar with the old system um, where you kind of look along and you can, you know, you can, on one page you can see what the share of a particular show um, or a particular network is at a particular time. And then if you go a bit further in, you can see the kind of the reach numbers and the average listening numbers. Um, I, I'm yet to actually see a, a even a sample set of data for how Radio three sixty will present it. So there will be a little bit of a learning process tomorrow when those uh, those numbers drop tomorrow morning.
1: It sounds like radio the radio industry's answer to Vols, which is only really just dropped for the T V industry. Is that a about a, a correct assumption?
0: Yeah, that is a fair that is a fair observation actually. Yeah, so you know, so that sort of Total TV number being driven by Voz combines um, regional listening, regional viewing with metro viewing with uh, national streamed viewing. Um, Radio 360. And I suppose, hey, look, I'm yet to see it, but I'm not anticipating seeing a United national number because this is one of those things which is is always a, I guess a bit of a missing piece is you 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 get the information kind of dropping for the five big metro markets all at once but there are different systems for radio listening recording in kind of you know in the kind of the the the, the other Um, uh, city markets outside of the five metro cities and in the regions at at different frequencies so what you don't really ever get is a national number and i'm not sure that radio 360 will will answer that either um or um it will
1: certainly be a pleasant surprise if it does so how important will this be for australia's audio landscape well there's a lot of change happening at the moment obviously you know we're
0: thinking more and more about uh podcast listening for instance which which won't necessarily be captured here but is a um a, again is a dimension of the change um i must admit i, th- I think overall my take is that that this is probably incremental rather than kind of radical um you know we're we're seeing the beginnings of some of the the audience data coming from kind of the sort of the meters that are actually measuring what someone's listening to at the time rather than recall but that will only make up um a part of the the mix of that audience measure at once so i I, I suspect that one of the things that the, the, the radio industry is trying to do is is avoid any kind of radical changes so that you know you haven't got a kind of a, a, a data break in what went before.
1: You mentioned that regionally and metro are very kind of different numbers and systems. You would think that ARN and and Southern Cross Asteria, who both have interests radio metro and regionally, would would want a kind of a combined number as as they sell to agencies.
0: Yeah. And I suppose one thing about that then is cost, you know, the, the, because of course it is costly just running that system across the five cities, which is, I think in way in some markets it only happens once or twice a year, you know, they'll sort of just have a couple of waves of, of, um, uh, releases rather than the, um, the seven that you get with, uh, with, 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 with Metro. So I, um, I suspect that's the big barrier, but as it becomes increasingly electronic and increasingly streamed, hey, look, I think it's an interesting thought. I'd never really thought about it before, but there might just be a moment when we might finally get some sort of unified national
1: listening number. Tim, this week, Koshy wraps up at Sunrise, but his final week starts with some awkward PR from his other businesses. Let's start with Sunrise, though. Bit of an end of an era for Koshy and for Sunrise. And Venera,
0: Koshy's last show on Friday. Um, so that will be a, a big old thing, I'm sure. A bit of a ratings bonanza. You know, lots of the uh, the greatest hits and blooper reels and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, a really great run. And, and, and once Sunrise took the lead over today, it never gave it up. Um, it's... Um, it seems to be a i don't think it's actually been officially announced that matt shervington is the the new Koshy, but um it'll be a very big surprise if he wasn't so that that's been well and truly um uh, uh, choreographed and telegraphed so um so yeah so that that that'll be a kind of a I guess a sign, significant moment for the morning breakfast wars come friday
1: I've just seen um, Matt Shervington 13 minutes ago, as we record, has been announced as Koshy's replacement. So, uh... Well, there we go. Not very surprisingly confirmed. And the AFR has a concerning piece about Koshy's other company, AusBiz.
0: Yeah, he's got a few different um, irons in the fire, Koshy, which is one of the reasons for stepping back from sunrise. He's, he's got his, his main sort of family business, um which we which, which is called pinstripe media, and also an interest in something called osby's, which um provides kind of live streaming coverage of of the markets um big story in the financial review today um suggesting um what it describes in its intro as a toxic workplace culture um talks about a two dozen former employees being part of a WhatsApp group for Osbie's in quotes survivors um look it's a fairly well it is a very you know memorable read um there are some pretty bizarre allegations about a mysterious delivery of um <laughs> a cake which i i i won't go in too much here um and then, uh, yeah, there was uh, a reference to um, a, this is in, again in quotes, designated crying corner. Um, now, it's worth sort of mentioning in terms of oh, Koshi's association, obviously he wasn't running the business day to day, so... Um, Unhelpful timing that it comes out this week, but obviously it wouldn't be directly um, uh, sheeted back to him when it comes to the uh, the internal culture. But I suspect we've not had the last of that one.
1: Also, this week the march of Mutinex continues.
0: Yeah, just quickly. So Mutinex, we um, obviously had them on uh, the podcast, oh, several months back on the Unmakers. Um, so Mutinex really. Is making some progress on, on, I guess, becoming one of those operating systems of, uh, of 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 marketers and potentially media agencies. So we we saw a um, announcement of the the first group to come on board at a sort of a, at the top level with Mutinex in uh, Dentsu a few weeks back. And I, I I, think we'll see this week Mutinex adding Atomic 212 as the first independent media agency to come on board in what it calls its platinum partnership program. But effectively, if I understand right, what it is, is effectively it's a it's a white labelling, so that all of the clients' kind of buying decisions, when it comes to advertising, are all th- run through the Mutinex system, which then uses um, some handy AI. Everything's AI these days to help them make decisions about how their marketing spend is actually allocated. So I think we can uh, we can can expect this announcement um, possibly as early today from um, Atomic Two One Two
1: coming on board as the first independent up next big business ads rail against labor
0: Un-made.
1: a new ad campaign is aimed at trying to stop labor from its next round of industrial relations changes tim who are the groups campaigning against the government this time
0: yeah it's actually more who aren't the groups actually it's most of the big business groups Amongst the ones listed are the Business Council, the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, um, the Australian Industry Group, the National Farmers Federation and the Council of Small Business Organisations of Australia. Now, what that means, of course, is they can put a lot of dollars into this campaign. Now, what it really reminds me of is the Rudd government tried to introduce a mining tax. Ah. Oh, this is more than 10 years ago. And infamously, the ads actually worked, the ones campaigning against it. And it was, you know, some sort of, you know, kind of blokey worker talking to camera about how his job might be at risk as a result. And I think we're, we're seeing the beginnings of a similar approach this time. You know, it's, it's you know, I'm sure they're, they're actors and models, but, you know, you know, workers in their kind of messy work clothes talking about how they, um, things will be taken away from them. So I will see if it's a, as effective as last time, which was, if I remember rightly, it was the late Neil Lawrence who was behind those campaigns. Um, and I must admit, it is one of those ones where it, if I feel uncomfortable, about it, I think it's because it starts to feel where advertising meets propaganda with the with with some of these things um you know not not that it's one sided because we've already seen the uh the unions um run their their own ads um featuring kind of you know knots or loopholes as they are kind of closing up arguing in favor of these um these these new industrial relations rules so yeah i i I guess the only potential winners in all this are the media owners who are about to see some big ad spend from both sides of the conversation
1: so what are the odds of, what are the odds of success for these business lobby groups?
0: Do you know so much is actually about the quality of the advertising because you know over recent years a number of people have 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 tried to ape the success of that um, campaign against the the mining tax. And just did it clumsily or did it in a self-interested way? You know, so for instance, I think um, a lot of people have seen the messaging and the advertising from pharmacists recently against changes. And it seems quite clumsy and self-interested and it feels like the public see through it. Um, These ads, um, I've only seen the print print ads so far. I haven't. I, I, I didn't see the. Um, The TV version of the commercials, which I think went to air last night. Um, But, you know, I think it's going to be not so much the spend, the advertising spend, although I'm sure that will be massive. It will also just be how well crafted the message itself is.
1: Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And Unmade will return tomorrow with Tuesday Data. Don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced by Al
0: Alzaidi with the usual enthusiastic editing support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pep. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.